Right, Matt, we uh, we need to be really serious in this show. We've got a very right. special guest joining us, really special. Okay, okay, who we got? Um, we've got Max Rebo joining us on the show. What? What the blue elephant? What the the, the one that pl- plays the piano? Obviously oh, not the blue elephant. He's not we've, real, is he? Well, no, obviously. Mm. We've got Simon J. Williamson, who played or puppeteered um, Max Rebo. He was also in um, Little Shop of Horrors, and he was also in some of the Muppets movies and Dark amazing. Crystal. Amazing. Well, I really can't wait for that. But we're not going there just yet. Before we get to that part, as always, if you love what we do, Check out our Instagram, check out our Facebook, check out our Twitter and follow us with all the things that we post. This video, if you don't get a chance to hear all of it or if you come halfway in, it'll be on YouTube, it'll be on Facebook and for the rest of our lives. So you can always catch up after and on all major streaming platforms, you can listen to that while you're at work and you should be doing other more important things. So yeah, but first, this. And Yay. we are live. And Max Rebo is in the room. Well, Max <laughs> Lovely Rebo. to meet you, Max. How are you? Good to be here. Got me little, the little Simon. Max Rebo doll. Amazing, amazing. Is, is that something that you um, took from the set? That's that's one of the questions I want to know from Return of the Jedi. All right. <laughs> no, this isn't. This isn't because obviously this is this size. Yeah. <laughs> in front of the camera. Yeah. No, this is a commercially available thing that become recently available. And uh so I take them to shows and sign a few of them, etc. No, the whole idea of whether you can take something off a film set, um no, not really. Particularly if it's a costume or a character, because they'll later on go into museums and places and you know, be kept in storage. Uh yeah, I think I think the only thing I stolen was a bit of I can't remember what it's called. It, it's like a, a reflect. It's a kind of very bendy, extra stiff um, uh, foil covered in black paint that they put over the edges of lights to stop the light leaking out to the side. So it it works like a, a flag, a lighting flag. Yeah, but that that's the only thing I I nicked off set because you know, they have loads of those. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm uh, funny that way. That's the kind of thing I would steal. Amazing, <laughs> something amazing. practical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, just want to start the show by saying a massive thank you to Simon Williamson who has joined us today. And if you didn't know who Simon was, as I mentioned in the intro, Simon, you were Max Rebo amongst other characters in Star Wars: Return of the Jedi. Yeah, uh, you was in Dark Crystal. You was in yep. some of the Muppets movies. The list goes on, you know, you've you've had an amazing career, really, in that respect. And it's very niche what you do, as well as kind of, I know from, you know, doing a bit of research, you've directed, you've been an actor yourself. Um, but I guess most famously, you're known for your puppeteering. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah, because Star Wars is so huge, really, mm-hmm. and it's still, you know, still big today as mm-hmm. you see with all the kind of television spin-offs and extra films. So, yeah, that's, you know, it's it's uh, 
it's the thing I suppose I'm I'm best known for. Which is a bit weird, really, but there you go. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm very glad and I'm very thankful because, you know, sort of 40 years later, I can be invited out to some convention hmm. in the States or anywhere in Europe. And they, you know, they put me up in a hotel and they pay my flight and I'm treated very well. And I just basically sit and um, sign autographs and I have chats like this, you know, in panels and that sort of thing. So it's... It's very humbling the fact the fact that this job of forty years ago um, is still having repercussions. It's still lasting in some way for me. When when you joined to return the Jedi, at that point it was obviously a, a very big deal, sort of at that time. And did you feel walking onto a set or, or being involved in in that production? Did it feel like a, a big deal uh, as such? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, because it's it was the third Star Wars film to be made, so you didn't yeah. you, know, you didn't it wasn't an unknown quantity. And the wonderful thing about it is, I didn't need to audition. My audition was effectively the work I'd done and finished doing about six months before at the same studio, Elstree, on Dark Crystal. So Dark Crystal really um opened things up for me mm -hmm. and that of course i did have to audition for and they kind of two weeks worth of auditions uh whittling it down to a smaller and smaller group of people and then we started um we started working together on very physical stuff mm -hmm. over quite a long period before we started shooting so well, that's just an audition so mm -hmm. so i was just gonna say what does an audition for for this type of work look like what what do you have to do well, okay, now there's a, there's a newspaper called The Stage, which all the actors would look at. Generally, you don't get many um, fantastic jobs out of it. You know, they don't sort of advertise them. But there was one very intriguing one. It, was, it said H-O, ho, and an exclamation mark. And then it said something like equity, actors, dancers, mimes, acrobats, jugglers, blah, blah, required for... Um, film requiring large-scale creatures or performing <laughs> large-scale creatures and yeah so I, didn't, I didn't really know what it was but i thought it might be something involving circus skills so you'd you know form a human pyramid and do stuff so i did a bit of acrobatics and tumbling as well and and mime it was all in my wheelhouse of skills so i applied for it and um the first audition which was in a big a big hall which is for the um the british the british folk dance society and it was what we call a group audition and there was a, a person in charge of it was a swiss mime artist called jean-pierre amiel um who about six months or nine months before i'd done a workshop with in cardiff so i knew his work and i said oh i was at your workshop and he said oh i remember <laughs> I don't remember he's just being polite but anyway so i kind of knew something about amiel i knew something about um his way of working and at that stage i used to do a lot of these physical auditions um and i really quite liked them and enjoyed them and this one went very well along with all the other the other other uh, later ones so the first audition i think was purely kind of mime stuff in a room all physical stuff led by amiel 
and uh, the second one was at Elstree Studios, the TV studios where they would be, had been shooting the Muppets. And for the first time we saw um, one of the creatures, which was the head and neck of a mystic. So one by one, we went and we stuck our hands in this head and crouched <laughs> out and did a little improvisation. Amazing. Yeah. That's crazy. And I actually, funny enough, going back to what you said about not having to audition for Star Wars, I, I did actually um, hear about that in another interview that you've done, I think. And is it true that when you um, got the part in Star Wars, or, or at least was kind of testing out some of the, the different characters, Max Rebo wasn't even the first one that no, no, I was actually hired as a puppeteer mm. because of the Jim Henson connection. Mm. Although, whereas in, in Dark Crystal, the work we actually did, we were called uh, body puppeteers. Right. We were essentially mimes. And we were a slightly different group than the main Henson puppeteers. Mm -hmm. But because of the connection with Dark Crystal and the reference they gave us, we were the puppeteers. So there was a whole group of other people called mime artists. Mm -hmm. who were also, um, they were also heavily featured in Jabba the Hutt's palace. Yeah. Um, although by the end of it, I ended up doing a bit more of the mime artist's work than um, a puppeteer's work. Did you do, but like prior to the Dark Crystal and prior to that audition, was being a, a puppeteer something that you did or, or no, something you had interest no, in at all no, the, the dark the dark crystal really was my um just my uh, general physical stuff acrobatics yeah. mime, that kind of stuff i had a kind of affinity for it and enjoyed it a lot but i i had i had never stuck my hand in a puppet <laughs> <laughs> apart, from, apart from some um peter pan puppets i got for christmas once when i was very young Amazing. Well, it, on, on, and I just on that waggled project. around like that without any skill or anything. They're beautiful <laughs> puppets, though. But, so I wasn't really a puppeteer. But while we were rehearsing Dark Crystal, Jim Henson would come and give us a puppeteering workshop once a week in the evening after wow. work. Because he knew at the while we were rehearsing Dark Crystal, they were shooting um, The Great Muppet Caper. And there would be scenes where they would need a lot of puppeteers. So they would rope us in. But obviously they wanted us not to make fools of ourselves and mm. to know the rudiments of, of, of puppetry. And, and, and who best or who better to learn the rudiments of puppetry from than Jim Henson himself? What so. an incredible opportunity. And that, that's quite a, quite a nice thing for your CV, isn't it? Being... Um... Being yeah. trained by the man himself. Yes, I think, I think I only did two nights on Great Muppet Caper in a, a big <laughs> crowd sequence. And then also on um, subsequent Muppet films, um, many years later, they needed, when they needed a lot of puppeteers, they'd, they'd call on people like me in addition to their to their regulars. Yeah. So having, 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 having done some acting as well, Simon, as, you know, just as yourself, um do you feel there's less uh pressure and nerves when you're doing doing it as a puppeteer so you're not kind of on show as such do you know what i mean is there yeah. is there an element of of um difference in that yeah yeah it, yes it is different because um 
if if you're acting, particularly if, if you're acting on screen in particular, so the the camera is very close to you. Obviously, mm. you can't do any. You know, your your eyes can't even do a little look to the left because it's yeah. anything like that. So you have to be super concentrated, yet at the same time relaxed and forget about the camera. Whereas with a puppet, you're basically you're one step removed. You're thinking about what the character's doing, but the character's kind of just speaking like mm -hmm. that. So in your you're kind of connecting your mind to what the puppet is doing and how it lip syncs and what it might do with its head. So it doesn't look very good on this camera because there's a kind of uh, I think there's a slight time lag. <laughs> <laughs> it's it right. looks like I'm doing really bad puppeteering. <laughs> <laughs> Does the with in regards to that, is there? Uh, I guess it's a mix of the two. Does someone guide you as to you know because you are somewhat removed? Does someone guide you in terms of right? I need you to move this way or that way or or do do this particular thing when you're you're working with it, particularly yeah, it, in the big creatures. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you talk about big creatures or... Or, or uh, just uh, just generally, sorry, I'm digressing. With, with yeah, the, the um, puppetry, is it is it up to your interpretation or are you guided yeah. in terms of... Yeah, it's it's mostly up to your interpretation, yeah. Um, obviously, if there's certain key things you need to do in a scene, they will tell you, like, you have to look over there at this point. Yeah. So in Max Rebo, there's a bit where there's the thermonuclear detonator is brought out and obviously i have to be looking in that direction to yeah. to react um <laughs> actually the, the the darkness is kind of consuming us so even though it's horrible light on my head i'm going to put my light on now don't no you think problem. yeah it's it looks no a bit problem. Yes, it looks a bit like I, I was living in a Dickensian hovel. <laughs> <laughs> and now you can see that I'm just that I'm living in um, untidiness. So, <laughs> there you go. It's fine. Don't forget, if people listen to this, they won't see any of it. So you say, That's you it. Oh, really? oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a shame they'll miss the uh, wonderful visual delight. <laughs> Well, you, you didn't just play Max Rebo, did you? There was a few characters. And one of the ones that I noticed that you did play was one one of the, or it might have actually been two, I think, one of the Gamorian guards. I probably played about three or four Gamorian really? guards. There you go. In the, in the different sequences. I, I used to love those when, 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 I, when I was little and I had the, the, the toy and I had the Rancor monster as well. So I, I had oh, great wow, delight good, in, good. In, in feeding it the, the, <laughs> yeah. the guards. You were treating them, Simon. That's what you were doing. Basically, man. yeah, that's what I was doing. How did that work? Like, because you were one of the ones that was eaten. Um, yeah, I'm the saying. one who gets eaten. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, there's a sequence. So we're up, we're we're in Jabba the palace, is looking down through this big hole in the floor, yeah. um, where one Gamorian guard, you know, falls down or is knocked down. I can't remember. Now the stunt man does the first part of the fall. And then there's a new shot and it takes up from me on my knee in the process of getting up. And then yeah. it's all the action of the scene from that moment. I turn around and I see the rancor, um, which there was nothing there. So I just know how big it is and where yeah. to look. So these days what they do is they put a kind of white tennis ball or table tennis ball mm. up at the right height. But this was just pure imagination. You have to kind of 
react. You know, it's a monster. Yeah. So I'm kind of going, help, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> so a, when the film finally came out, I got to see what the Rancor looked like. But before that, I didn't know anything. So, and 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 do you do you think that having looked at seen it back, do you think you reacted in the right way? Yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I, over the top. Yeah, that's absolutely. good. Yeah. Well, uh, the funny thing, I'm not. I, I'm a Star Wars fan to a point where my knowledge isn't certainly not as as good as Matt's. Um, but I have been enjoying the the new stuff that's recently been coming out on Disney. We've just had um, obviously Obi One, which for me was incredible. But when I was reading up about you and the fact that you played these Camorian guards, they recently appeared in the Book of Boba Fett series, which was on. So I, I'm wondering, Simon, whether you're, although you was in it, are you a fan? Are you are you are you keeping up to date with the new stuff? Uh, no, I'm I'm not keeping up to date. Mm -hmm. um, I will do as soon as I get Disney Plus. <laughs> At the moment, I've got Amazon Prime and Netflix, and I'm thinking, well, I'll I'll watch a bit more on one of those, get rid of those, and then take Disney Plus for two or three months. But yeah, as yeah. yet, I haven't done so. I mean, I I have seen because I'm a member of BAFTA as well, and they kind of show things for the television awards. So last year's awards i think it was i was able to watch an episode of the mandalorian which mm. i thought was terrific and i know from from various people it's got great reviews mm -hmm. um Incredible. not so much uh the book of boba fett which i don't think has had such good reviews but yeah. also to my horror i saw that there was a max rebo and they hadn't asked me and not only oh. they asked me but i think the max rebo looks awful it looks like a party <laughs> balloon. So <laughs> A, I was kind of insulted that I wasn't asked, but B, slightly relieved that I wasn't having to perform in this, I, I think just not a very good good puppet. Um, well, I, I was going to say, is that something, I mean, that's as commonly done now with puppeteering and things like that, or is it more kind of mechanical and, you know, tech-based now? What do you mean? Um, that the old characters, uh, yeah. just 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 in general. I mean, it, you know, we're we're looking at kind of Return of the Jedi and and Dark Crystal, which are kind of in the eighties, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Now in modern day, twenty twenty two, is there as much call for puppeteering and things like that in movies, or is it more kind of CGI and and mechanical robots? And yeah, like it, it, it's the latter. I mean, I was. I was in on the last kind of throw of the dice. It's kind of, in a way, the Dark Crystal was the first throw of the dice because yeah. it was an entirely puppet-based film, apart mm -hmm. from one shot where uh, uh, my friend Kieran Shah, who's a little guy, was Jen running over a, a, a kind of a, a field into the horizon. So otherwise, every character was a puppet. Right. Uh, yeah, pretty soon after that, um, after Dark Crystal, the Hensons moved back to North America. So they went to Canada to do Fraggle Rock. And what had been established in Hampstead as their workshop was, you know, kind of not doing the same kind of things at all. So they weren't going to make any more films. And yes, CGI was beginning to come in then. Mm. And it did take over pretty much completely. Mm. And with the prequel films, certainly that's full of all cgi stuff 
But I think when they did the latest ones, you know, The Force Awakens, etc., um, they made a conscious effort to bring back um, some of the old-fashioned puppeteering techniques mm -hmm. as well as CGI, so they'd have both together, which, you know, I, I think I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. the thing about a creature or a costume that was physically there on the set in his film, you, you can tell the difference between that and a CGI thing on the mm -hmm. whole. Yeah. You know, the, you can you can sense the weight and the mass and the presence of it rather yeah. than something that, you know, no matter how realistically it moves, doesn't quite convince you as something that's physically there on the set. And, so. and I think it, it, I, the, the physical elements, I think age a lot better than some of the particularly like you mentioned the prequels and yeah. the cgi around that time and and prior to that when um george lucas started to decide to oh, i'm going to change that bit and that the the scene in the a new hope with max rebo and he had singers and uh, all, all of this different stuff it just doesn't look as good now compared to some of the more physical effects uh, yeah. I, I don't think certainly Yes, I agree, but then I'm biased because that the kind of mm -hmm. work I did was that um, old-fashioned classical style stuff, you know. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, but CGI and all the kind of artificial uh, virtual effects, they, uh, they've they moved on tremendously and will yeah. continue to improve <clears throat> all the time. But, yeah, for me, it's well, not, I... not satisfying or as, uh, I don't think people get as much of a, an emotional connection with it. Yeah. Has there been any recent um, things that you've seen, which have, you know, whether it be TV or film or, or, or otherwise, where you've seen the use of of puppets or creatures in, in, in the real world and that's really sort of impressed you or sort of taking you back? I think, I think the Dark Crystal ser series was pretty good and they were using both techniques side by side okay. there. Yeah. Well, if we pause you there, because I think this is a good time for mm. our section, question mark, which you've almost preempted what, what, what is the question. So oh. let, let's go to that and we will be back okay. in, in about 30 seconds. Okay. Question mark. Hello, gents. Thank you for having me back on. Uh, my question for Simon is uh, regarding The Dark Crystal. Um, it was one of my favourite films growing up, and I really loved the uh, Netflix series uh, that came out, uh, I think, in 2020. Um, I just wanted to know uh, what his views on that show were, and also the fact that it hasn't been renewed for a second season, because um, I think that is a real tragedy. Simon, yeah. I, could, I could I could see you uh, nodding along there. Is that because the tune's really good, or uh... <laughs> probably? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not quite Led Zeppelin, but <laughs> no, no, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So my reaction to the Netflix series, The Age of mm. Reason. Well, I must say I approached it with some nervousness, mm. thinking. It's 10 hours. How are they going to get 10 hours worth of story out of what started as the simple one and a half hour film mm. of 
the dark crystal and apart from slight irritation in episode one at the voiceover um i was soon hooked so i binge watched that in about two and a half to three days wow i thought it's terrific i thought that the work was great a little hard to follow with so many of the tribes of gelflings but you know no i thought it was really good are you really are you are you, shocked, are you shocked that they're not renewing it for another series um yeah i don't know what the parameters are because netflix certainly at that time they they made a habit of not releasing viewing figures mm. so they must have viewing figures and make their decisions on that basis but they they weren't releasing them i don't know if they do now um one thing about it is it would have been very expensive mm. 10 hours of that and maybe they just thought it wasn't worth that amount of money to to revisit the dark crystal in a second series yeah so would you um again disappointed not to be involved in the series a little a little mm. disappointed yes you know they probably say oh well he's he's a bit old now but um yeah i would have i would have loved to have done even just a couple of days on it just for kind mm. of my own personal continuity yeah um, in fact what i did was i a, a few months before I, I made a special video with myself talking to camera talking everyone through what i'd done on dark crystal with lots of clips from the making of and photographs and stuff and i did a separate one of that incorporating the work on that and on return of the jedi um the second one really to get help me get more um convention appearances mm. but um yeah my my wonderfully constructed eight minute video didn't do the job yeah it's all a bit strange i think really that they didn't i mean mike quinn who's a who's a very good puppeteer also kind of contacted them and they said oh yes well we're definitely you know you're definitely interested mike he said oh, absolutely he said well we'll we'll be we'll let you know by the end of the month and he never got the call hmm. so anyway it's, who knows? it's, a, it's a shame it's, it is a shame to to hear yeah. that someone who's been heavily involved in them sort of projects yeah in the in the originals you know and when when you see things like star wars with you know even some of the nods back to the the old cast from the originals of that you know yeah. coming back round. um all right some of them are you know huge hollywood actors and things like that but at the same time you know it's um I, I i guess like you said it's kind of something that you were part of the foundations of that yes yes i mean Do... i was we shot on dark crystal for five months i wouldn't that the, the original film i wouldn't necessarily want to do five months worth of work again hmm. that's why i would have would have liked to have done even a week on the dark crystal series but it, it wasn't to be never mind um yeah and the max rebo thing when he suddenly turned up you know on uh on the book of boba fett hmm. i saw the pictures on facebook i go what what <laughs> <laughs> how dare you they shot they shot it all in a volume in los angeles so volume is like the kind of stage area you have for motion capture and other virtual mm -hmm. reality sure techniques and at that time because of covid when they were shooting i wouldn't have been able to get over to the states anyway 
Mm -hmm. But I do wish they'd asked. Yeah. <laughs> and and you're still heavily involved. Like I've, I've seen that you still do a lot of conven uh, conventions and panels and things like that. Uh, quite a few I noticed in France and a few in the States as well. Um, so how, how do they come about now? Um, well, now there are so many uh, Star Wars films and TV series, they, they come about more circumspectly because there's more, there's more people to choose from. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of, yeah, places I've been before, I'll ask them or I might just get asked direct if I'm interested in doing this and that convention. And, you know, it's, it's good fun. It's good fun. So Europe has always been very good. So particularly Germany, uh, Holland, to some extent, France. I've not been to Spain yet, but they have a couple. And um, American ones are always fun. You kind of feel a little bit more valued if someone's going to pay you uh, for a, pay pay you for your flight and hotel to go all the way to states. You're the states. It kind of it's it's more flattering and it's fun. You know, it's fun to meet different people and yeah. That, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Has there been any people that you've met <clears throat> there that or that you've sort of admired or, or any that you sort of wanted to meet previously at the convention? Oh, you mean sort of fellow performers? And... Yeah. Oh, yeah, of... that, that's, that's always terrific fun. Yeah, yeah. This one in France I did recently. It's for, for a small group called the Magic Universe of Cosplayers. And then they had this convention in the Ardèche region. And I'm a kind of honorary member, along with two colleagues, and uh, and also John Reese Davis, who I hadn't met. Um, and it was great fun, wonderful, wonderful chap, full of um, typical actory stories, and yeah, just just good, really good fun to meet such people. Yeah, amazing. And does it surprise you that that sort of obviously you, you've had a fantastic career, but sometimes when you're sitting there. And people are coming up to you and saying, "Oh, I love you know, I love what you do." And and as you said, you know, some of it is a, a fair while ago. Go. Does it surprise you sometimes that there's still that, no, that response? I, I'm over the surprise. I'm just enjoying <laughs> yeah. the experience. Which, as the years go on, I I enjoy a bit more. Hmm. If it's busy, that is. If if it's a convention and it's quite it's quiet, it's it's quite energy sapping. Whereas. Yeah. If, Quite a few people are coming to your table to talk and uh, have autographs and photos. Um, and that gives you energy as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. but, but sim on a similar note to uh, what Matt just asked, then not just on Star Wars, but across all the films, is there any? Has there been any kind of actors that you've been in awe of when you've when you've had the chance to meet? I don't know if it may be someone from Star Wars. It might be someone from. Um, I don't know, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm talking of Little Shop of Horrors, I was really gutted that any that the days I was filming, I didn't get to meet Steve Martin. Mm. So he was a particular, a particular fan of Steve Martin at the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Moranis, I did scenes as he was great fun, but I really wanted to meet. Uh, Steve Martin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was the role that you played in in uh, Little Shop of Horrors? What, what part did you play in the in the I process? Played, I played various bits of the plant. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when when Audrey Two gets really big, 
you need a massive t team of puppeteers and each person will either be on a tendril which is kind yeah. of swinging around in front of his face or in the 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 big number called mean green mother from outer space they're on a kind of talking pod so they're like yeah. they sing like muppets basically so yeah I, I absolutely loved that film well i still love that film and sort of where it was a regular rental uh, for me from the video um, shop when I when I was young and just watched it again and again and right. again wow. and again, and it is just such a. I think watching it as an adult now, it's it's quite a dark film. You know, particularly you mentioned Steve Martin, his character. He's a um, James. Have you seen it? Have you? Yeah. I've not seen he, it. No. He, he's a sadistic dentist that, that just loves um, sort of inflicting pain on people. And yeah. he's also in a relationship with, um, oh, God, what's Audrey. her name? Audrey. That's it, Audrey, of course, it's Audrey it's too. The yeah. plant is named, Rick Moranis' character names the plant after, plant after, after, after her, he, of course. He loves from afar, yes. So no, the Steve Martin's uh, girlfriend, he's really, really treats her badly and it's a it's a really abusive relationship so what i used to watch it as you know an eight-year-old or whatever it was and absolutely love it and it, it's a musical and there's, there's songs and that yeah. but yeah it's all glossed over now but watching it now thinking wow and it's it's, it's quite quite a dark yeah. tale but you know, it, you know they they shot two endings they shot a second ending really because we'd finished all the shooting and then uh, a few weeks later we all came back to shoot an alternative ending and what was that i mean they, they tested it so i'm trying to think yeah. what was the original and what was what was the the ending one yeah what was the one that what was used i i can't remember one what of them, does, you know, does he I kill the plant used is it's a kind of there's a skylight the skyline of new york and a lot of these bits of the plant gradually taking over new york all right i think so if you got DVD, I would imagine it would have both endings. Have you turn it out? I'll have to have a look. Well, I, I have just been told that um, question mark himself, who's typing in the comments, has said that he's going to make me watch that next weekend because uh, he is also a massive fan. He said um, the one that the one was, that was the used was the happy ending. Yeah. Right. So there you go. When he yeah. gets to go. Yeah. Great film. Well, about about a year after finishing um, Dark Crystal, one of my uh, the, the fellow Dark Crystal performers, um, he got married to his Canadian girlfriend in Canada, and invited me to the wedding. So I thought, well, I'm flush with money, having just done a film, and um, so damn it, I will actually pay for pay and get myself over to Canada for the wedding. And I, I, on the way, I called in in New York and I stayed with one of the Muppet people for a few days. Um, <laughs> An actual Muppet. Or... A Muppet performer, Bobby Payne, <laughs> the late Bobby Payne. So, um, and I, I went, I was still very much into theatre then, so I, I would go and see lots of, lots of plays and shows. Um, and one of which was Little Shop of Horrors. Wow. Which they were all talking about because some of the the Muppet creature uh, fabricators had had made the the plant for the stage show, yeah. and so I saw the uh, the first iteration of the musical 
off Broadway and it, it was absolutely terrific. And they said to me, uh, we're bringing the show to London. Would you like to play the plant? <laughs> and what, guess what I said? Uh, did you say no and you regret it? I, say no. I yeah. said no. <laughs> because it's one thing to be yeah. doing it well you see you're actually physically inside this massive plant on stage yeah. hmm. so there's one thing to do a a take in a television or film that takes about 45 seconds to a minute there's another yeah. thing to be stuck inside a great big for hours and our entire yeah. show <laughs> and actually i really wanted to play the dentist yeah, so, that was a really fun I, character. I got a copy of the music. The Henson people sent it over in their pouch and the record of it, of the Broadway production. And I, I rehearsed and I auditioned for the part of Orin the dentist, the, Steve, the sadistic uh, dentist you're talking about. But my, my voice wasn't good enough. <laughs> but it would have been a great fun part to play. Yeah. Are there any other parts that you think... Or, or sort of productions that you think, I wish I could have been involved in, in that particular thing? Um, these days, not so much, because I, I, I haven't acted for ages, apart from um, I do audio books and stuff like that, uh, voiceover stuff. I like sort of using my voice, but I don't really miss the, um, the struggle of being an actor. Um, so many are out of work and, you know, looking around for work, so... Yeah, I don't I don't tend to think about it much, anything I miss. And most of the time I'll watch something terrific on the TV or a film and I don't think, oh, I wish I was playing that. Mm. So it's kind of like I, I've really moved on from acting, apart from the voice stuff, which I which I really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and, and your voice in particular, Simon, it's it's very strange because obviously um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series has is, is only just finished last week, I think. Um, and just listening to your voice, there's elements of kind of Alec Guinness Obi Wan there, and, and even a bit of Ewan McGregor. And when you're just listening oh. to your voice, I, I feel like if you said hello there, you I would have sound the, like him. I have I have the kind of graying beard as well. <laughs> you just need a robe, and then you just a robe, and then you're done. And a lightsaber, and then you're done. Oh, and the false. You'll need the false. But you, yeah, you no matter. False too. Yeah. Well, you you <laughs> did use the false look. <laughs> You you did um, work on one of my favourite films as as a as a youngster, which was um, the Muppets Christmas Carol. Which yeah. for me, I know you done Treasure Island, and I think you done another one as well, didn't you? No, I I I was employed on Treasure Island. Right, okay. I spent the entire time in the kind of dressing room and never got asked to come to the set once. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> so I got paid for the job and I went to the rap party, but I don't get a credit because there's no scene in which I was. So, yeah, it was a little bit on Muppet Caper and a little bit on Christmas Carol. Yeah. I mean, so, unless you know the shot and would freeze frame, you wouldn't see or notice me at all. Yeah. But to be involved in them sort of things is just, oh, yeah. you know, oh, it's yeah. just incredible. I mean, there's little old me and Matt, you know, doing our weekly podcast, and we're talking to someone who's been on set yeah. of some of the biggest films, you know, ever made. Yeah. Yes, that was a that was a wonderfully busy period. It's terrific. Yes. Yeah. Do you do you have? I, I guess from the kind of size that Star Wars is as a franchise. Is that the one that kind of you always put at the top of your kind of career list, or do you always think is of Dark Crystal as your kind of 
one of the best ones. Um, I think for job satisfaction, for actually performing a task with some degree of difficulty and doing it convincingly, I would hope, um, Dark Crystal, absolutely. So wow. the, the difficulty of being a mystic is not to be underestimated. I mean, it was physically grueling and crippling so much so that originally they had 10 of us sort of uh going to be playing the mystics and other other body puppeteers as i told you before in the film and what is it four were to start immediately and the other six or the other five whatever it was were to join in about six months time and they gave us a little i think they gave us a little retainer for the time between and there was a big sort of the last um, the last day of the the last workshops. Um, we were all kind of competing against each other to be, you know, one of the first four. Mm. And uh, I wasn't one of the top. I wasn't one of the first four. <laughs> I was a bit disappointed by this, but never mind. I went off and I I had another job that that quickly came up, an acting job that I did anyway. But. Yeah. Um, a few weeks later, I got a call and they said, oh, Toby's injured his back because the work on the Mystics was, as I said, crippling. Um, and you're next on the, on the list. Are you, are you free to come and join us tomorrow? So yes. I did become <laughs> one of the first four. Main four. Amazing. Yeah, why am I talking about this? Talking about crippling and, oh, job satisfaction. <laughs> yes, the, the <laughs> kind of difficulty that you had to do. And also, it was completely unlike anything else, um, Dark Crystal. So it was it was experimental and breaking new ground for everybody, from the costume makers, the fabricators, you know, everybody, the performers in particular. It was just so unusual and therefore extremely rewarding to do that um mm. yeah and, the and, I, and i guess what massive massively heavy looking creatures they were actually a lot easier to perform than the mystics but you could get rid of all your excess energy in a gartham suit because you mm -hmm. can flail and wave your arms or your claws around whereas in uh in the mystic you you have to be very contained inside your costume and you move extremely slowly which mm. is obviously more difficult than moving quickly because you have to you know keep your your body posture the right yeah. height and everything and not and not shake with the physical effort of it so yeah that's why it's kind of favorite but but the ones that the ones are favorite of course at conventions is the star wars because start the star wars stuff because the star wars is so much better known than dark crystal so dark crystal is more of a kind of neat has more of a niche appeal mm. and, I, and i guess like you like you said before it kind of gave you the platform and the exposure to to give you them opportunities that you went on to yeah yeah oh absolutely it all it all started from being selected for that job mm -hmm. without it i wouldn't have done wouldn't have been doing small parts on muppet films and i certainly wouldn't have got anywhere near star wars i'm sure um or, or then little shop of horrors so yeah all those films emanated from that one opportunity which is is is, is often something that happens in life one 
one thing that happens. And the advert, I thought, well, I've no idea what this is, but I'll go for it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get to, um, I, I guess, because there's so many things and scenes being done going back to Star Wars again. Did you get to meet George Lucas? Yes, he wasn't. He's he's quite shy, so he stays in the background quite a lot. Mm. I mean, before I did Max Rebo, I was going to be doing a, a rather boring-looking puppet called Six Six, which was like a purpley brown slug on the floor <laughs> of Jabba the Hutt Palace with six eyes, three on one side, three on the other, and six legs. And he was he was a bit of a uninteresting puppet because there wasn't. I couldn't. Was he just laying on the floor? But <laughs> I controlled his back, so my arm was in his back, and he could undulate his back and move a bit. It was a bit boring. And uh, I think, I think trying to get the yeah, trying to get some explore the full range of movement of this particular character. They'd recently painted the eyes with a glossy red paint. And I kind of I got scratched on the floor of the uh, of the studio, so I wasn't very popular because they had to go and repaint them. <laughs> and then I think also um, another puppeteer whose name should be nameless, he decided he was going to stick his hand in my puppet. Who were missing? But it, you know, it's, sort of, it's a thing. It's like a euphemism. Do. You shouldn't do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was a bit pissed off with that. And I think. I'm not sure, but I think that's at the point um, Phil Tippett said to me, well, why don't you have a look at this other character up in the creature room? And I went up the st stairs and there was this wonderful bright blue creature with a trunk. And I thought, bright blue in the middle of a dark, smoky set? He's mm. really going to stand out. <laughs> and I like, yes, please. And that's how I got to play yeah. Max Rebo. Um, and also, someone said, I think Phil Tippett himself wanted to be in Max Rebo, but the costume was just too tight and too difficult to get into. And he's not a performer anyway. He's the he's the guy that did all the, all the creatures, basically. I love the fact that there was a creature room as well that you were yeah, invited yeah. to uh, go yeah. into. Imagine if you were a burglar and you were a <laughs> Somewhere and you're going there around there with your torch and it hits <laughs> upon a great Mon Calamari like Admiral Akbar. You go, ah! <laughs> um, just to um, let the viewers uh, who are watching live right now, um, just to remind you, we have got Simon J. Williamson joining us here. Um, if you have got any questions that you want to throw at Simon, send them into the comments and we'll ask him while we've still got him for the next kind of 10 minutes or so. Um, Matt, was there any other questions that you had on your long list? The the one question that goes back to what we were saying very much in the beginning of the show um, about you saying not really being able to steal anything, essentially, for, for, from the sets. And, and there was a story very recently, I think it was in the last week, that someone had auctioned an X-Wing. Um, it was one of the prop x-wings from the special right. effects um and it went i, I think it sold for was it 2.3 million because because so few of these things exist because they blew some up and they you know yeah. threw some away or, or or whatever it may be what what do you think of sort of that 
I don't know. I think because we the people that have a bit of money now look back to some of these films with nostalgia and that, and they want to obtain those sort of things. Do you think it's right that, say, a, a, a puppet or a prop is treated almost the same as art, like, like fine art and things like that? Yes, I, I think good luck to them. I think it's yeah. a piece of film history. And yeah. see, a lot a lot of these creatures are made of rubber, so they kind of deteriorate. I mm. mean, the Hensons had their own particular secret formula of foam rubber that they wouldn't give to anyone else. So having been used to, on Dark Crystal, um, the Henson brand of, of rubber, which was very light, but still very strong and flexible. When I came to do Max Rebo, Max Rebo was unnecessarily heavy because, you know, Henson's weren't going to give Lucasfilm their secret formula for, for foam. So <laughs> if, if Max Rebo had been made by the Henson's, he would have been about a third to a half lighter, I'm sure. Yeah. And still be but around, they, potentially. Yeah. yeah. So there is actually my mystic, um, Ursol the Chanter, was uh, in some museum in Boston or somewhere. It was reported wow. two or three years ago, and it was really decaying. So they didn't have any properly proper way to to um, to preserve it. Mm. So yeah, yeah, these things have a finite life. So you can find if you can find there's a way to get a preserved copy. Yeah. It, it mm -hmm. is deservedly valuable, I think. Mm. Well, you, then, you mentioned it's a, a piece of film history from a, a, a terrible film that no one likes much at all. <laughs> then, you know. Yeah. Except there'll always be some person that's oh, that's my favourite film. It. You know. That's it. And that's it. What I've seen. There's always one film that is. Well, what strangely you saying that when I was looking at your um, IMDb. Um, sort of uh, bio, it mentioned a film called Top Secret on there, yeah. which again was one that I remember renting sort of a, and watching, and I had completely forgot about. I, I've not watched it since, but I, yeah. I remember it being um, not the greatest film ever. Um, sort of no, but it made. was it was interesting. It was fun. It, I think that's the film where Val Kilmer met Joanne Wally, where they uh, they later married. Oh, really? I think so. Really. Or maybe that was Willow. Oh, actually, I'm getting confused. But anyway, yeah, Val Kilmer with um, Top Secret. Well, it was yeah. interesting because it was the same people who made the airplane films. Mm. Zuckers, is it? Abra it? Abraham, Zucker and Zucker, yes. Yeah. There's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. And it was, no, it was, it was a fun film. It was a kind of spooks yeah. uh, war, Nazi war film. Mm. Yeah. So they were extending their kind of repertoire over the from the airplane films and top uh top gun top gun not top gun no. naked, um, gun. naked gun. gun yeah yeah which were all much easier as satires to do but they're yeah. kind of putting the boat out a bit well and, yeah. and some of the other credits that i saw on there were ones that probably from more recent times things like the bill you might i yeah. don't know whether that was just as a kind of small yeah part. you see yeah when i when i when I finished doing Dark Crystal and uh, um, Return of the Jedi, I desperately wanted to get back to doing some proper acting and getting my my face seen on the screen. So yes, I did the usual acting thing that I talked about before. Is now being sort yeah. of fed up with that round. Yeah, trying to get on little 
little parts in the series like Casualty and that's right, yeah, um, Bill and Campion. Yeah. Well, we we've just had and we have had a question come in for you, and it's ironically from Mark again. He's obviously a big fan. Um, he wants to know which puppet or monster from any film do you think is the best maybe the most effective or technically impressive Ooh, ah. i will tell you the performance um that i think is the best and that was frank oz in dark crystal mm. as the skexis is he the chamberlain or the i can't remember which one who's basically he's pushed against a wall and set upon by the other Skeksis and they they rip his clothes off and he's left there uh, panting against this wall completely naked and that bit of puppeteering seeing it live was just extraordinary that's it just that character lives Frank Oz's puppeteering on that was absolutely superb and I, it, it kind of, being there at the moment and watching it, it kind of sets your hair on end. Mm. Was it, would, all, would you all say... The characters in Dark Crystal, all the Skeksis <clears throat> were terrific, you know. And so, particularly when, when you take off all the clothes, the finery, mm. the kind of sculpted, weird Skeksis bodies were yeah. a, a, not a thing of beauty, but a thing of interest. They're really quite repulsively ugly but so effective. I'm sure there are some other um, characters, puppeteer characters, characters, puppet characters I'll think of when this um, session is over, but that's mm. the one that really springs to mind mostly. Was, was he... Uh, was terrific? Was, was Frank Oz a particular uh, peer that you looked at and thought that's kind of, not idolised, but someone you kind of thought that's someone I aspire to be like? Uh, only, only uh, I mean, not before doing Dark Crystal, because I hadn't really met them, and I just knew Jim and Frank's work from The Muppet Show. Yeah. So, although, yes, Ali, because Frank has a very individual voice. He speaks from back here. So all his all his puppet voices, they, have, they speak from that back of the throat. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Fozzie Bear is... Ah! And Miss Piggy, <laughs> you know, so it's 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 got Frank's kind of vocal quality underneath it. Mm. Yeah, amazing. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> you asked it. It's fine. That's great. Did well. I idolism? Yeah, not until I not until I sort of met them, and then you can, as I said, that kind of moment of Frank's superb puppeteering, you know, on set probably halfway through the shoot. You know, because they weren't very ostentatious, and Frank and Jim were co-directing. So, and if you're performing yourself, you don't often have much time to look at what other performers are yeah. doing. Mm. Um, and if it's in a puppet, in a mystic, you can see very little anyway. I think I could see a little bit of the ground in front of me, and on Return of the Jedi in Max Rebo, um, I could see absolutely nothing. <laughs> And I could hear very little, so they had to give me a little uh, earphone to hear action and cut. Amazing. Well, well, I think 
I think that kind of comes round to the end of um, this week's show. I just want to say, Simon, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sure Matt will completely mm. agree with me. Yeah. Um, there's been loads of comments coming in as well. Um, thanks to everyone who's joined and, and watched. Um, Simon, um, we would love to have you on the show. I think we could talk for another hour to you. It's been that good. Um, yeah. If you stick around, we're just going to play our, our outro video. We'll um, chat to you afterwards I briefly. Just, I'll just tell you my website in case people want yes, to buy it. Yes, please do. www.simonjwilliamson.co.uk at Simon with the letter J Williamson. So, and and you're on. Are you on social media as well, Simon? Oh, yeah, I'm on Facebook. I think there's Simon J Williamson. Yeah. No yeah. problem. We'll, we'll get I have shared. Your... Well, I was going to say uh, uh, below this when people watch it on YouTube or Facebook, your um, links are all on there, so they'll be able Lovely. to find you. Lovely. Brilliant. And and where where can people see you next, Simon? Are you got any functions lined up or anything? Uh, well, the next convention I'm doing that I know about, I hope I get one before that, is November in Rhode Island. So oh, it's a bit wow. far nice. to go from uh, for British people. <laughs> <laughs> well, for it, well, we do have a, um, a, a a lot of followers out in the states. So if anyone's in that area in November, yeah, go and Rhode see Island some. Comic Con. I think something like well, early November. And I just heard on Facebook today, I hope I get invited, they're having another Dark Crystal um, convention called the Great Conjunction, which is something like November the 12th and 13th in Los Angeles. Oh, fantastic. So, That'd uh, be a nice I, hope, I hope they can afford me and my air because <laughs> I would love to go again. They had a Great Conjunction. A couple. That was the last convention I did before the COVID lockdown was February 2020 and it was a wonderful convention first ever dark crystal convention the great conjunction part one and loads of people a few people from America lots of us English people and it was at Elstree Studios amazing yeah well brilliant well we will see all the viewers and listeners again next week thank you for listening um, and we will see you all soon. Take care. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as we did. Don't forget to like and subscribe so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. Yeah, and you can also follow us on all social media. So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. <laughs>